Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reliving the Lights, a Friday Night Lights rewatch podcast. We are here for episode 10. And uh, I got to tell you, Anthony, I had an excellent time watching our episodes for tonight. I did as well. Yeah. It, It brought back like the the like joy of watching the first time and how much fun it was uh a lot of stuff i didn't remember and yeah just <laughs> a lot of laughs uh yeah. in these episodes they're pretty There's some real like genuine laugh out loud moments. yes yes multiple times in both episodes well yeah we we're going to record two episodes tonight but uh behind the curtain <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh yeah, but had a great time watching this. So I am I'm super excited to to talk about it tonight. We both got in the spirit uh tonight by wearing jerseys. Uh <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> yeah. Happenstance. I am wearing my literally my very own number 54 Plat Black Panthers uh home jersey from high school football that I wore. So kind of like Riggins refers to Saracen as seven and Street as six. You can just refer to me as 54 tonight. <laughs> Good linebacker number. Uh, and and you've got the, the Gonzaga jersey. Yeah, a uh, Gonzaga jersey number two uh, that I bought in 2006-ish. It must have been. I know it was when oh. it was when Adam Morrison was playing. Right them. on. Uh, yes. So, like, I'm pretty sure I was still in high school, which I guess makes it appropriate because the show, the, yeah, well, the, the episode that we're reviewing was 2006. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, it is number two for Gonzaga, uh, a jersey that I bought for what must have been like an unreasonably like cheap price. Uh, yeah. Shields. I remember buying it and being like, oh, I can afford this. And in 2006, was. <laughs> You know, I didn't have the kind of money for jerseys. So. Yeah, you were on that Platt Food Center paycheck. <laughs> yes, I was. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it must have been super affordable. And I've worn it. This is maybe like for sure in the first 35 times that I've worn this. It has not gotten a lot of wear in the intervening 14 years. Yeah, yeah. Jer- jerseys are tough for a grown man to wear uh, unless you're like at a sporting event. You know, especially but, basketball jerseys. Yeah, like yeah. there's no sleeves. It's like you're limited to a, a certain season of the year. And yep, I got a very, very convincing, what I believe to be a very convincing Chinese knockoff of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies throwback jerseys, the Vancouver yeah. Grizzlies jerseys. Like maybe the best jerseys in sports. Uh, <laughs> as a as a big Grizzlies fan, uh, I have been rocking that. This summer as a grown man, but literally, I don't think I've worn a, an athletic jersey since, I don't know, maybe my Reggie White Green Bay Packers jersey oh, or wow. my Penny Hardaway. I think <laughs> Penny Hardaway was my last basketball jersey, yeah. and that had to be like seventh grade or something. So Also number two, if I'm not mistaken, Penny Hardaway. Oh, no. Penny's one. One cent. One. Maybe. Oh, yeah. duh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's all right. That's all right. I knew it was a low number, but yep, yep. Um, I myself actually, I do rock my Chinese knockoff uh, Juju Smith Schuster jersey <laughs> that uh, on game day usually yeah. um, during football season. But I bought that. I'm very proud of, of that jersey uh, because although it was very cheap, I bought it Juju's rookie year, oh, yeah. um, a year in which Roethlisberger uh, Brown and Bell were all playing for the Steelers. Oh, geez. And yeah. For some reason, something drew me to Juju. And thank <laughs> God that I bought the jersey that I did because yes. the team has really fallen apart in Oof. those three years since. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, Juju coming through for you. That's good. That's good. Well, yeah, we are we are dressed for the occasion. We are excited to, to talk about this episode. So uh, why don't you start us off with a little uh, synopsis from IMDb, if you would. Yeah, let me get it pulled up. I'm underprepared. Yeah. While, you, while you are uh, pulling that up, I would just like to make it known that I am now officially a contributor to imdb.com. <laughs> I submitted my quote of the week nominations to IMDb quote section yeah. for each of the episodes. So when you go to look up the quotes, uh, mine will be on there. Heck yeah. I'm extremely proud. Okay. Our synopsis, as almost always, written by Movie Dude One. Almost always, yes. So far, I think he's bad in a thousand, but yep. I don't. We're so early in the show that I don't want to make the comments <laughs> say it's always, but yeah, we'll see. While everyone is focused on the cheerleaders who have given up, sorry, let's start that over again. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't Movie Dude One's fault this time. Yeah, no, that one's that one's on me. Yeah. I've <laughs> I had a few before we started recording. <laughs> Fair enough. While everyone is focused on the cheerleaders who have an upcoming competition, they focus on giving Lila a hard time. Smash begins to show signs of steroid abuse, and Coach Taylor finds another way to occupy his starting quarterback in an effort to squash Matt's efforts with the coach's daughter. Thank you, movie dude one. I think Thanks. pretty grammatically solid too this week. So Not terrible. You could have maybe just said Julie instead of Coach's daughter because you already mentioned Coach Taylor earlier in the right. sentence. Yeah. Still just two sentences. He really yeah. he really likes the two sentence synopsis, yeah. no matter how long it is. But <laughs> correct. Uh I just <laughs> something stuck out to me there. Smash begins to show signs of steroid abuse. Uh like he's good at football. Is that what <laughs> yeah, you're referring right. to? I feel like he already had the like acne. And, yeah, and the Oh yeah. Oh, I guess the bloody noses. We'll oh, right. Is that in this episode or is it in episode eleven? We'll we'll find out. Well, well yeah. <laughs> So this this episode. We, sorry, before we go yeah. into that, I do want to mention because we usually do. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that I'm drinking probably the most Texas beer. Oh yeah, that you can get in South Dakota the Shiner yep. Bach. Yep. Uh, I was in my local Walmart today. Also, probably the most Texas beer you can buy in probably most WalMarts outside of Texas. I would assume so. Yeah. Um, Walmart, not a friend of the show. The Walton family, not friends <laughs> nope. of the show. Um, however, I was in there. I had to pick up a few necessities, so it was kind of a, a necessary evil, as it were. Yep. And I, I chanced to buy the beer section. I thought, you know what, this would be appropriate because we are recording tonight. So yeah, Schneiderbach for me. Schneiderbach, uh, just a solid drinking beer. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not fancy, but it's it's you know a step above your your Bud Lights and your sure. Bush Lights and all that. But yeah. Uh, Shiner Bach. I have what's known around these parts as a Kuiper special. I don't. I don't think I've talked about the Kuiper special yet. I think you have. Yeah, I have. Okay, there's one bar that'll do it for you, right in the area. Yep. Uh, that might have just been a you and me conversation. Okay, right. Yeah, I was podcast. I'm not sure if. <laughs> but it, this yeah. is a Bloody Mary mix, Bush Light, and a Clausen's Garlic Dill Pickle. And uh, if you go to the Ridge in Sioux Center, the clubhouse of the golf course. They, if you order a Kuiper special, they should be able to whip one up for you. They'll know what you're talking about. So, all right, that's what we're drinking. And you know what <laughs> we're wearing and what we're drinking. <laughs> Anything else to set the scene or are we good to go? I think that covers it, yeah. All right. 
Uh, so this episode is called It's Different for Girls. Yes. And it opens with Lila wiping off some demeaning graffiti that has been uh, put on her locker. It looked like lipstick, written on her locker and lipstick, calling her out on her uh, behaviors with Tim, I guess we'll just say. And so she is late to practice because of it. Um, she's kind of failing at being a cheerleader. Uh, it's really taking its toll on her concentration and all that. Yeah, we really see Lila deal with some slut shaming and some cyber bullying and, yep. and the whole nine yards over these next couple of episodes. Uh, I think specifically this one, which is, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yes. As somebody who has trash talked Lila in the past on this <laughs> program, I'll, I'll, uh, be the first to step out and say that, that I do feel really bad for her, you know, this particular episode. Yeah. Yeah. She takes some really tough shots from kind of all over the place in, in this one. Um, in fact, as she is struggling with the cheerleading, I, I guess it's not so much her fault. It's everyone around her. But anyway, one of the comments, <laughs> this is maybe a little PG-13 here, but uh, <laughs> one of the the other cheerleaders comments, it's like Riggins banged the balance right out of her. <laughs> so <laughs> she's taking it pretty hard. Uh, this, yeah, they're not going easy on her. Um, so that will be one of many scenes where Lila is is being shamed. Next, we see uh, Julie and Matt talking about their relationship or whatever it is at this point. Mm -hmm. And yeah, kind of what to do about Coach Taylor, basically. Yeah, Julie invites Matt over and Matt tries to kind of, you know, the <laughs> as we're working with potentially doing a Matt Saracen goofus maloofus moment of the week. And I think this <laughs> yes. qualifies for it because he's absolutely kind of like fumbling through a apology for kissing her after the game. Yeah. And <laughs> he's, he's uh, yeah, he's saying sorry for kissing her. Okay. Yeah. And uh she just stops him and kisses him and says this is what I thought about the kiss after the game. So That was a good response, Julie. Yeah. Just just let him know. Boom. Yep. But yeah, she does mention during the conversation, I believe this was this conversation where she's like you just need to stand up to him like yeah. he's um you know, he's ridiculous and, and he just is so used to, you know, whatever being the pushy one. So you just have to stand up to him and he'll react to it. And, <laughs> and we'll see Matt try that later in the episode and, and we'll see how it works out it, for him. It goes about as well for this goofus Malufus <laughs> as you would imagine. We see Jason moving back home from rehab and uh, his parents have got the, the house as ADA compliant as possible. It seems. Um, one thing I noted was they kind of converted his dad's office into his room and his mom had put a picture of Lila up in the bedroom, you know, and he chucks that down. Mm. And I don't know. I, I felt like as he is returning to, to normal life, quote unquote, normal life, uh, that was kind of one of those moments where he, he realizes like, yeah, I'm going back to normal life, but everything has changed, you know, including Lila and his parents aren't necessarily like on up to speed with all that. They don't even understand, I guess, the, the changes and whatnot, how everything has changed for Jason. So next we see the, the Taylors in the car. <laughs> I know you like yeah. yourself a good Taylor family moment. So <laughs> <laughs> I do. I do love the, the Taylors and these these special moments that they have in the car yes. uh, together. Julie reveals to coach that she, Matt and Landry uh, <laughs> yes. 
plan to go to a music festival uh, not far away uh, uh-huh. that weekend. Coach, I don't know if he is making this up on the spot or if he actually intended to, but he says no. <laughs> The, the football team has to go and support the cheerleaders who have <laughs> yeah. like cheer nationals or something like that. Yeah. There is a great, uh, great coach moment where <laughs> Tammy, who in the next episode talks to Landry, like they're friends or like no, that. They exactly. Know each other. I noted that too. Yes. Yeah. Um, is like, who's this Landry guy? I don't know if I trust this. And <laughs> And the coach, after hearing Landry's name at least twice, is yes. like, oh, that Lance kid. <laughs> yes. So this reveals to me that it's not just coach, like, not remembering his name. He is intentionally calling yes. him by the wrong name. He's intentionally calling him Lance. Yes. Which is great. Yes. <laughs> uh, we do get uh, a quick cut back to the, the street family. Yeah. And they're talking about how they're going to have a meeting with a lawyer. Yes. About uh, potentially suing the school, which Street isn't 100% sure about. No. Yeah, he's pretty skeptical, but not like super resisting it yet. And uh, then they leave Jason home for the day while they go to work. We see uh, Smash way too aggressively flagging down the new girl. Yeah, just some girl he like that he doesn't, well, we think that he doesn't know. It's just the new. He girl. doesn't know. He doesn't know that he knows. Yep. Yeah, but he. Yeah, he comes up on her and says, "Yo, yo, slow up, slow up. Talk to the smash." <laughs> it's yeah. It's it's way too aggressive. Uh, <laughs> but it turns out he knows her. It's the pastor's daughter, uh, the pastor from his church, Waverly. And I gotta say. We are in the Waverly era of the Smash story. And yes. yeah, it's a ride for sure. Waverly, not my favorite character in the show. I'm just going to tip my hand right now. Although okay. I guess now, okay, I haven't thought about this, but now I'm, I'm feeling a little sympathetic to some of her struggles. That's right. Personally, I don't have a lot of recollection of what happens with Waverly outside of one wonderful smash line that we'll see <laughs> the um, quote of the so, series yes are you <laughs> we keep building it up <laughs> we keep referring to it. But, yeah uh, yeah i i'm excited to dive into the this way really storyline because it did not stick out to me uh apparently okay. or at least it didn't stick with me but once again yeah. this is my first time watching through the series in over a decade yeah so. it's been some time for you that's right yeah. Okay. So then uh, the players are talking about it in the locker room Ooh. and there's a, there's a quote here. I might just, uh, I, I think I'll just save it for, for quote of the episode Okay. Um, between smash and Saracen. So they are kind of given smash a little, a little crap for going after the preacher's daughter. And then smash kind of turns it back on Saracen or somebody turns it back on Saracen and basically yeah. says, uh, Saracen's going to get with Julie before with, with coach Taylor's daughter before you get with the preacher's daughter. Yep. And we, we get a, a, a brilliantly <laughs> shot <laughs> angle where smash says something disparaging about Julie uh, sexually. Yes. And Matt who probably would have acted like this anyway, but he can see coach. 
<laughs> as this is all being said. And he's like, I think you need to shut up, man. <laughs> and I think now would be a good time to stop talking. Yeah. And <laughs> Smash is like, he keeps like kind of egging it on. And then, of course, we see Coach kind of step in and he grabs the other kid. Yeah. Um, who made the initial comment. Yep. And then gives Saracen just this really stern point. Point. <laughs> point. Stare. And that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Not a word, but enough was said. Didn't need it. Yeah, didn't need yeah. a word. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go over well. Uh, we get more of the cheerleaders harassing Lila. Uh, their coach is a real hard ass for a yeah. cheerleading coach. I mean, maybe that's common. I don't know. I've never been on a cheerleading team, but she's uh, she's pretty rough. Pretty tough on Lila. One of the girls drops her. Oh, yes. In- intentionally oh yep. like my arm hurts i don't know if i'm going to be able to hold you up and then sure enough yeah yeah and so a little fight breaks out there a little bit little confrontation uh we see the neighbors coming over to talk to jason uh the neighbor the little neighbor kid probably like eight years old it's the biggest teeth i've ever seen I'm just, yeah <laughs> he's says, that notable that it needs to be pointed out i think um he says to street he's like can you walk or something like that? That's his, yep, his and, opening line. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, Mr. Street, can you walk? And I was like, geez, cold. <laughs> and even more coldly, Angie is like, can you shut your mouth, kid? It's <laughs> like, wow, even more, you know, you went a little too far with it. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so they have a little in- interaction. It's not terribly important, but it, through that process, we see that Lila is creeping in her car on the street, just sitting there in her car outside of Jason's home. Uh, Jason goes over, approaches her, tells her to basically to never come back. So Lila already already taken about five shots straight to the dome. Uh, in this episode already, and we're we're not even probably a third of the way through. Yes. Then we and right after that we get more Lila. Just keeps coming, and she is sitting by herself in the cafeteria, and a couple of randos <laughs> just come over and just start macking on her, like yeah. in a like just extremely crass way. Like, yeah, I couldn't tell if they were like trying to get with her or like just being trying to be jerks. jerks. Yeah. yeah. It was confusing. So they're harassing her. Uh, Tim Riggins steps in and basically tells him to go away. But uh, Lila, Lila responds, what are you doing? You know, you're sitting with the school slut and explains to Tim that uh, as the title states, it's different for girls. Exactly. Uh, that Tim can can kind of sleep around however much he wants, but Lila is is labeled and shamed um, if she does anything even remotely similar, which, you know, it was cheating on her. It was one dude, basically. Um, so just pointing out the double standard, I guess, for sleeping around. That's where the title comes from. Lila basically says, you're making it worse, Tim. Go away. Yeah. Uh, so Tim rejected once again, trying to help out, trying to be a good guy. Nope. Go away, Tim. You're making it worse. And then Tyra chases Tim down after he leaves. And like, what the heck was that? You're making it so much worse for Lila. <laughs> but then Tyra has this moment where she's like, wait a minute. You're in love with her, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so she calls him out on that. 
we do see Buddy in action yep. selling cars. Yep. Oh, he, uh, he's, he's on fire. He's hot. He, he is hot. He's got a Bluetooth in. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> the old school Bluetooth headset. Yes. Yeah. Um, and a man comes in and he's like, hey, man, you know, I'm hot. Be careful. You, you talk to me for too long. I'll have you walking out of here with a brand new truck. <laughs> yep. Um, but the man is actually there to let him know that there is some, some pretty heavy and nasty cyberbullying going on uh, yes. with Lila. Yep. Um, the man who, who tells Buddy this is actually the father of the girl who yeah. started it. Yep. Which I want to talk about that for a second. Yeah. Okay. Because up until that point, and granted this is a different kind of situation, but up until this point in the show, Buddy Garrity, despite being a a member of the community and a big booster of the football team. Big booster. I have a hard time believing that any person in town has enough respect for him <laughs> <laughs> to, to bring this to him. And not only to bring it to him in general, but also to admit their fault and say, this is a member of my family that did it. Yeah. Everyone in town seems to kind of hate Buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I, I just thought that was interesting. I, I made note of that. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about that. But, <laughs> but yeah, I don't think anybody has a terribly high opinion of, of Buddy and Dylan. I mean, when it comes to the Panthers, they probably see him as a necessary evil. Yeah. Uh, like he gets things done. But but no, this dude was very somber and very uh, kind of torn up about it. So, you know, maybe he just feels mostly bad for Lila. And so he wants to, for Lila's sake, get Buddy out in front of it. But. I want to yeah. say um, Brad Leland, who plays Buddy Garrity, was who I had in my mind when I read Under the Dome by Stephen King, <laughs> which later got turned into a, a television series like that basically just completely bastardized the book. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's going to happen. Even if it's a thousand page book, like you got to stretch it out into a series. Like right. you know, there's only so much you can do. Yeah. But, and they actually cast Hank from Breaking Bad in it, which is not a bad choice. Oh, yeah. That, um, there's similar, similar, yeah, similar yeah, vibes, similar vibe, yeah, similar look, similar vibe. But uh, yeah, Big Jim Rennie from from Under the Dome. If you ever get a chance <laughs> to read it, and trust me, like I said, it's an over thousand page book. It's not a, it's not a casual read. I, I actually, I remember. Oh, it had to be about 2011, 2012. I had that book checked out from the library for like three months. I just kept <laughs> renewing it and being like, I know this is a book that I, that I would like. I need to, I need to keep going, but I just could not, it, it was too big. As, it, as far as, as far as late period King goes, um, it's definitely not his worst. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I liked it. I mean, like it's a, obviously it's a bit long. Um, as far as his like thousand plus pagers go, which I think yeah. I've read all of them. Yeah. It's the worst of them. <laughs> okay. Um, it's worse than it and it's worse than the stand. I think that's the only three that he's gone over a thousand pages on. I might be mistaken on that, but hmm. was it really that long? I don't remember yeah. it being that yep. long, but all right. Yep. It is uh, my paperback. Like my trade paperback copy I had yeah. was like 1200 pages and I have a hardcover copy now that's just a little over a thousand, I think. So wow. I can double yeah. check on that for you. It's not really that nice. important right now, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good. I had a lot of fun with it. It's definitely not one that like, it could have been two or 300 pages shorter for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, and then I feel like is, any, course, any 1000 plus page book probably could have been 
two or 300 pages shorter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But Hank from Breaking Bad and Buddy Garrity. I, I, you know what? I could see Hank from Breaking Bad as Buddy Garrity on Friday Night Lights. I don't know if he, even though he's bald, I don't know if he seems old enough. Hmm. But maybe that's. Maybe I that's see them as. I mean, I see Breaking Bad Hank as about the same age as Buddy Garrity. Okay. They both have. No, they don't. He doesn't have any kids on Breaking Bad, but he has a sister who has a high school age kid. That's true. That's true. So it okay. I, it could work. I'm just going to say that Friday Night Lights was pretty perfectly cast, but if I was going to make a switch, if I had to make a switch, I could see Dean Norris in That's place of Buddy Gary. Make, huh? I mean, I wouldn't choose to, but if I had to. Could, in this hypothetical universe, <laughs> yeah. could then in that situation, let's say Dean Norris gets cast in 2006 as Buddy Garrity, mm. can Brad Leland get cast as Hank Schrader? Mm. My gut reaction is no, because Hank Schrader needs to have a little badass in him. Yeah. And I don't think Brad Leland's got that badass in him. I, I think, think he's right. got the sleaze ball, and Hank's got the sleaze ball, but I don't think Brad Leland's got the badass. So I think you're right. I agree. I don't think they can switch places. So Dean Norris is greater than Brad Leland right. in in our acting world. I think it's one of those. There was that meme on Twitter not too long ago where it was like so and so could do this, but so it was like Lord could do. Oops, I did it again. But Britney Spears <laughs> could never do Royals. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Could Lord do? Oops, I did. I it? don't know. And that was <laughs> I don't know where I I used that example from. That's definitely not one. But yeah, yeah. I, I dispute that. That's the idea of of the bit. Man, I feel like we could have some fun recasting recasting Friday Night Lights. Well, we already know Dwight Yoakam as, <laughs> yeah, that's, as Coach Taylor. That's a shoe-in. <laughs> uh, now we got Dean Norris as Buddy Garrity. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, so we've, we've got a couple. If if any more cross your mind, let's be sure to, to mention it. All right, back to our episode. <laughs> yes, we got the Taylor family sitting mm-hmm. down eating. Tammy Taylor, I don't know if you noticed this. Angie actually didn't. But Tammy Taylor has a heavy wine pour in her glass. (laughs) Not uncommon for Tammy in the evenings. That far from the tip of the glass. (laughs) Almost overflowing. Full wine glass. (laughs) I did not notice. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, we see the Taylor family and there's a knock at the door. And I believe they were having supper. Tammy and coach and coach kind of gives this like, are you freaking kidding me? And like <laughs> up, gets up and it's Matt at the door, Julie. Well, then it's super awkward. Matt, uh, uh, goofus, Malufus, uh, is Julie here? And, uh, Julie comes up, saves Matt says, we are watching some TV and brings him into the house. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, uh, well, actually, right before we actually see Matt and Julie watching TV, we do get a short scene of street meeting with the lawyer. The lawyer's trying to yeah. kind of lead him into a case. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. he's trying to be like, well, did you ever learn how to how not to tackle? Yeah. <laughs> and Street's like, you know, screw this. I'm yeah. not involved in this. Yeah, he... he- he kind of comes to the realization that they're not going after the school necessarily. 
the lawyer wants to go right after Coach Taylor. Yeah. He's trying to pin the injury, Jason's injury, on Coach Taylor for never teaching him how to tackle. And so, yeah, he's not, he gets pretty ticked off at that. He's, he doesn't want any part of that. So then, yeah, we go back to, <laughs> we go back to the Taylor family and we got some, this is, this is gold. There's, there's some great lines in here. There uh, are some great some, moments. Some very, very solid back and forth in this. And I only, unfortunately, wrote down, uh, the closing one of the scene. So I'm going to yes. let you handle. Yeah. This. Uh, so we see coach Taylor and Tammy in their bedroom playing cards and coach is just pacing, uh, obviously <laughs> like super anxious about what's happening under his roof. And, uh, Tammy says, honey, will you stop pacing please? And coach Taylor says, what do you suppose they're doing in there? And Tammy responds, probably having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Just savage move by Tammy yes, Taylor. Savage Tammy. Uh and um so eventually coach makes up some excuse to go out to the to the living room to to see what's going on. And he basically ambushes them like <laughs> barges into the room. Hey guys, how's it going? Like, what's going on out here? Uh and questions them about the blanket that yes, they have over about the blanket. Classic dad move, yes. uh, I guess. <laughs> What's up with the blanket? Uh, yeah, and so this, so then the the next, oh no, he basically chases Matt out of the house. Yeah, he freaks out. He is super embarrassed, super nervous, super scared, and just yeah, kind of. He's like, "How much longer is the program? <laughs> the program, <laughs> like like my grandma recording her yeah. programs on the VCR." <laughs> Uh, back to episode one, I believe, on that one, but yeah. or maybe the teaser episode. Anyway, yeah. uh, so <laughs> Matt is in full goofus malufus mode, just kind of bumbling his way out of the uh, house. Uh, I actually should be going. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and and so Julie is not happy with her father that this happened. Basically, it storms out almost in tears. Thanks a lot, Dad. Uh, and Tammy comes out, which leads to the line that I believe you have. Yeah. So Tammy comes down and is trying to figure out what happened. Uh, coach holds up the blanket and just says, they had a blanket. And Tammy looks at him and just says, you're an idiot. Uh, which I thought this was, this whole scene was really special because like in the last episode, if I'm not mistaken, Tammy was like terrified about Matt Saracen. Yes, uh, absolutely. Being, like a predator and now, like, she seems to be really coming around and, like, trying to remind Coach that he's a good kid. Yeah. I, I feel like Tammy is just kind of realizing that that they can't stop it. Like, it's going to happen. And so, uh, there are worse things that could... But but I do feel like, and maybe I'm mistaken, but she kind of picks up her concern again later with, like... Or maybe that was earlier in this episode. Like, this is happening Sarah, uh, Matt and Julie is happening and what are we going to do about it? Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> we do have a, a short scene where Lila finds the Lila Garrity slam page um, and she's kind of just looking at it and yep. Buddy comes in and, and kind of somberly says his good nights yep. and doesn't want to push the issue, but you can tell he knows Yeah, he's pretty torn on. up. It's kind of an unspoken, yeah. Yeah, so then we see the pepper alley uh, basically 
coach says, we're going to support the cheerleaders. The, usually the cheerleaders support us. We're going to support the cheerleaders in their big competition. And yes. Sorry. I do want to mention before, <laughs> uh, before the pep rally starts, like the band is playing. Okay, yes. Yeah. Talk and about that. <laughs> both Landry and Julie are seen yes. in the crowd doing this like choreographed dance <laughs> between that and the Yahoo that Landry let out in an earlier episodes. <laughs> yes. Um, pep rally tells me that Landry is way more into Dylan Panther football than he lets on, especially in the episode with Kurt Caster, which yeah. is like taking Kirk's side and mad about Matt becoming an athlete because Landry very clearly loves his Dylan Panthers. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's just really excited to not be in class or something, but he is enthusiastically participating in these pep rally activities for sure. I did note uh, Julie's awkward dance move. I, <laughs> it was weird. I don't know. I feel like yeah. as a as a trained dancer on the dance team, that she'd have a little something more yeah. to offer. Than <laughs> I th- this is my, that's what I said. My theory is that it's a choreographed dance that like the entire Dylan High School knows. Yeah. Like it's kind of the Macarena, but in a more micro sense <laughs> that like everybody's maybe taught it in elementary school and everybody does it at the pep rallies. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's why she and Landry are both doing it. So that actually, I was, I was going to save this, but that actually flows into my music cue, which is they, the pep band was playing rock and roll part two, which is a classic pep band song, which is, which is like the dun 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 dun. Hey, go Panthers is what we would have done. Mm-hmm. So that is like a classic pep rally song that would probably get played at a lot of games. So I think that supports your theory that, you know, maybe they do have their own little choreographed so. routine to go with it. Okay. However, I just want to note that Gary Glitter, the writer of rock and roll part two, not a friend of the show. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> his name is not. Gary Glitter? Yes. Well, I don't know if that's his real name, but that's his stage name. But. <laughs> okay. Well, let's talk about Gary Glitter after the show because I want to okay. know more. <laughs> but we're going to keep rolling. <laughs> uh, so, the basically, yeah, Panthers, were the cheerleaders who support us, we're going to support the cheerleaders in their big thing. And then all of our favorite Dylan Panthers come out dressed as... Real ugly cheerleaders. Yes. <laughs> yeah, in drag, exactly. Um, Smash is hamming it up. Oh my gosh. As usual. And the crowd is loving it. <laughs> I can't even like describe what like the, the bit that Smash is doing. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> like I'm too sexy for this. I like, don't, I don't know. <clears throat> like, okay. I just want to go back to the game. So the, <laughs> the, the like notable players. So it's like, Riggins smash because half the football team is already out on the right, team. yeah. But the notable players smash Riggins, Saracen, the redheaded guy, <laughs> right? Redheaded lineman, yeah. yeah. I'll come out dressed in drag. They do this kind of like Rockettes bit where they're you know, <laughs> yes. their arms are around and they're doing the kicks, yeah. Saracen does a backflip, <laughs> yes, he does over, over some of the. The arms. Yeah, right. Uh, they all got their arms them. around each other's shoulders, and he does the backflip, which, yep. yeah, took some work, I would assume. And then, yeah, Smash does this bit where he's, like, showing off his butt yeah, to he, people, like, scandalously <laughs> when he's got, obviously, clothes under there. Boxers. Yeah, it's... 
It's a very weird bit, but the crowd is loving it. Yeah, there's the some girls in the front row, like motioning, like spanking motions. Like, <laughs> Smash knows how to how to run a pep rally. He absolutely does. Smash were, knows how to get the people going. <laughs> there were no, uh, there were no freestyle rap ish things from Smash in this pep rally, as we're accustomed to. But yeah, the drag. Showing off his underwear thing, really. In my head canon, if the football thing didn't work out for Smash, he is now a wedding DJ and extremely oh good my at gosh. it. That is actually perfect. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's <laughs> like yep. he's like one of those wedding DJs who makes like five thousand dollars a gig and is booked like a year out and a half out in advance. Like <laughs> yep. oh, this is a smash wedding. He's not some, All he's right, not some yeah. <laughs> he's not some corny wedding DJ. He is he's making bank. <laughs> And I like good it. what he does. I mean, n- no spoilers. We I won't give any spoilers here, but we only really know what happens to Smash like through college by the end of the series, right? right. So there's really no saying that that's not what happened. You know what I mean? That could be the case. In my head, Ken, that's what happens. So. Uh, did you have Did you have any problems? I wasn't sure how to feel. Did you have any problems with the whole Panthers and drag thing, or was that okay? No, that was fine with me. <laughs> okay, I didn't know how to feel. Sorry, <laughs> is, like, is uh, this, if anybody is listening to this and finds that offensive, yeah, is, not is, okay. Sure that's woke enough, but I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know if this was canceled or not. If this was one of our canceled yeah. moments, but <laughs> as far I as think, we know, yeah, we're good. I think because like they're willingly doing it, yeah, and like drag is fine, right? Like people are okay with it, and it's not making fun of people in drag. It's just. That's what I wasn't. That's where I was like, is this? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. So we're good with it. If anyone has a problem with it, can I make a call? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Hello. Hey, Sam. How's it going? Oh, not too bad. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Are you eating? I sure am. Uh, hey, I just, I, I had to make a call. We're recording our podcast right now. And I had a question that I knew that you would be able to answer. Oh, shit. All right. <laughs> have you watched, have you watched Friday Night Lights before? Nope. Okay. That's fine. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, no, you're doing, you're doing great so far. Oh, okay. All right. Um, there's a scene in episode 10 of Friday Night Lights in which, um, the football team comes out dressed in drag. Is that offensive or not? <laughs> like as cheerleaders um, for a pep rally. Okay. Does everybody laugh? Uh, yes. It's com- yeah. It's meant to be comedic. Okay. It's probably not great. Probably not great. Yeah. Okay. It also depends on sort of the movie itself. So, like, are the football players like the the you know that uber masculine type? Uh, some of them. Like- Depends on the player. One of them's a real goofus malufus. <laughs> I know people who would be really mad at that, but okay. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Well, we were talking about it and we kind of got to a point where we were like, is this offensive? Should we be Yeah, I feel like it's it's on the verge of like making fun of Right. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ask yeah, him yeah. if he's okay if this is on the podcast. Are you are you okay? Are you okay if this phone call is on the podcast i've got you on speaker if not we can cut it yeah that's fine okay <laughs> I anything to the conversation. you did you did you actually shed light on it we were we were okay. truly unsure of if this was okay so for a second i was like is this live 
No, I think that's it for now. We'll call you if we uh, have any other <laughs> consulting that we need. All right. All right. Talk to you later. All right. See you, man. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Nice. All right. We have our answer. We have our answer. Okay. So I was I was justified in in wondering at least. Yes. Is this absolutely. okay? Yeah. I hadn't okay. even it hadn't even crossed my mind. So. All right. So we're gonna officially cancel that moment. Yes. <laughs> that's, that pepper alley's canceled. Pepperelli's canceled. <laughs> All right. So then we see Lila. She's got a note in her locker calling her a slut, just like everyone else has in this episode. Some random guy comes up and like slams on the locker yeah, next to her. Bangs like, on her locker. Yells uh, something at her. Terms, yeah. It was weird. <laughs> um, I just put okay <laughs> in my notes. Um, but Mrs. Taylor sees something going on. So she kind of takes Lila in counsels her as a good guidance counselor does and lila has a moment where she kind of comes clean that since jason's accident she doesn't care about any of this like dylan panther football cheerleading nothing and that in fact she's going to go ahead and quit the cheerleading squad Mm -hmm. which is obviously a big deal for lila garrity to be calling it quits as we Pretty much like part of her identity, especially as a character in a TV show. Like that's what she is. is Yes, exactly. (laughs) So as I feel like I've been saying since about episode two, uh, this feels like a big turning point for Lila. Um, (laughs) Eventually she's going to be turned all the way, but uh, we're still (laughs) in process, I guess. Um, So she's quitting the the squad (laughs) She's quitting the squad. We see Smash popping some pills. And he runs a, a real fast 40. Yes. Coach is like, whatever he is eating, uh, we keep need to on sure. it. <laughs> yeah, keep doing that. Uh, well, Coach, he is eating horns. <laughs> yes. Then we- <laughs> He's juicing, Coach. Yeah. <laughs> you don't want to encourage. This is, no. this, first, it was the slip up of telling Saracen to get somebody in the back of his car. Now you're <laughs> telling uh, Smash to keep eating whatever he's eating. You're, you're having some real vocal missteps. This is very problematic. Yeah. Matt comes in to talk to Coach about the Julie situation. And in a real power move, Coach immediately corrects his grammar <laughs> as he's kind of opening his arguments. Coach just flips that grammar issue on him, which is a great power play. Like, it is. Yeah. Um, Matt basically tells Coach he can't stop Matt and Julie from seeing each other. Coach shuts him down, but Matt kind of holds his ground. We don't really see the end of the conversation. It cuts away, but... Right, but it, I definitely got the vibe that Coach Taylor won. <laughs> yes, absolutely. He did not... Uh, yeah, the standing up to Coach Taylor did not go as planned. Yeah. We have a tiny little scene of Lila's mom trying to console Lila. I was not going to even mention this, except uh, uh, until Lila's mom had this line. This is my worship director coming through. You know what my mama used to say? God created sin so that we might know his mercy. Uh, No. (laughs) Angie, during that line, was like, that sounds like the tagline for Platt. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Cold. Cold. Wow, Angie. Uh, <laughs> that is that is not good theology. I'll just say <laughs> God did not create sin um, so that we could n- might know his mercy. Uh, if you want to get into that deeper with me, uh, just send me a, a message. But <laughs> we'll leave it there for the podcast. <laughs> Don't listen to Lila's mom on this. <laughs> um. We do get family dinner with yes Smash family and Waverly's family. Yep. Waverly's dad asks Smash about how the SAT class <laughs> is going, which is a real awkward moment. Yes. Um, Smash kind of tries to press into what's happened in Waverly's life. Yeah. Since they last saw each other, which we're not really, I don't think we get a definitive amount of time. No, but it's been That's a while. Been- he didn't. Um, he he. She had changed enough that he didn't recognize her. Yeah. Uh, when he was far too aggressively pursuing her at school. Mm-hmm. Um. But Waverly's explanation is that she was doing, or actually, this was from the pastor. The pastor said it that she was doing mission work in Africa. Mm-hmm. And Smash kind of tries to press into that a little more, and she kind of sidesteps like nice people, good, rewarding work, like. Nothing. nothing. Yeah. So that's all we get out of her for that. Riggins shows up at Street's house and it tells him what's happening to Lila, kind of the hell that she's being put through at school. Yeah. He's um, really like, basically like, she really needs you right now, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know that, yeah, stuff sucks, but. Then tries to apologize a little bit again. And Street, in what I consider to be an improvement in his response to to Tim says, not right now, Tim. You know, it's not just a flat mm-hmm. out like, nope, go away, never come back. But it is, uh, no, I'm not, I'm still not ready to, to mm-hmm. yeah, make things right between us. Once again, uh, Julie informs her parents that she's riding with Matt and Landry to school and oh, yeah. also going to the movies with Matt. On Saturday. Yep, before the cheerleading competition, so they'll have time to make it. Yes. Coach says, uh, after that, he's talking with Tammy, he says, he's going to have a little mat chat. <laughs> uh, going to have a little talk with Saracen, have a little mat chat. And we see that mat chat, and he he basically assigns Matt to watch the last five games of <laughs> their next opponent. Uh, that they're going to play the next, the following week. So not, Yeah, not, not the next day, but the following yeah. week, which... We'll get into an in episode eleven. Yeah, um, we we do get a peek into this week's game uh, against the Timberwolves, which results in an easy W. It's not even covered basically in the show. Yeah, we don't see any actual game footage. We just see the news talking about how Smash tore it up basically. And then Smash and Waverly are out on a date after the. Is it after the game? I believe so. I don't know if no. That's too late because it was a, it was so. it was an away game. It has to be like the next night. Yeah, but the the cheerleading thing is Saturday. Oh, you're right. So it's got to be like after the game, which is weird. Still operates on weird hours. (laughs) Yeah. They got potentially diners open till (laughs) all hours of the night and football practice is happening until three in the morning. (laughs) Smash never sleeps. (laughs) No, he doesn't. In fact, when that football practice, that late night football practice was called, he was eating breakfast cereal. So that just shows <laughs> yeah, you. Tells you what yeah. kind of schedule Smash Williams is on. Yeah. So they're out on a day after the game. 
Smash points out that she never wants to talk about Africa, which is weird because most people who have that experience would want to be talking about all the time. All they want to talk about, yeah. Uh, he pops a nosebleed, uh, which he's a little embarrassed about. And then she points out that uh, she doesn't think that he spent that money on an SAT course. So they're kind of both like calling something's each other not, out a little bit. Yeah, something's not adding up with both of their stories and they both yep. see it. Yep. Then we get Lila creepily hanging out outside of Jason's house again. She's turning into a real stalker this episode. Maybe kind of borderline her behavior here. But he sees her out the window. There's a little bit in between, but we can just flash forward. He does go out, talk to Lila. They fight it out a little bit. Um, she begs him for forgiveness, and he says, I, I just can't. I just can't forgive you. Yeah, he's not ready yet. Yep. Uh, so we get Coach, who's late for the cheerleading event because he played a game of golf with some slow golfers all morning, <laughs> yeah. apparently. Buddy, Buddy was one of them. Oh, Buddy. Okay. Yep. Julie. Oh, well, Tammy lets Coach know that Julie's going to be riding with Matt uh, because she's been watching game tape with Matt all day. Julie leaves a message with Tammy <laughs> <laughs> regarding the game film and and how to approach the Westcott defense. I don't know if you wrote down that quote or not. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, not, not perfectly, but they need to run like ISO because they have a, a fat short corner who's slow or something like that. So, and coach has to admit like, yeah, that's actually pretty good advice. Well, he was like, she really say that just like that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was pretty impressed. (laughs) Actually, he had to give it up to, to Julie for that. Uh, Tim goes over to the Garrity household to tell Lila that she should compete in the cheerleading thing. Buddy does not want, Buddy's pretty defensive. Like, what do you want, son? Yeah. But Tim gives Lila a little pep talk. Like, I see in you when you, when you compete the same thing that I feel where nothing else matters, you know, in that, that moment. So he encourages her to do it. So then I just have, I just refer to the cheerleading thing as the cheerleading thing. I don't know actually what it is. Uh, It's cheer nationals is what I wrote. There's some, there's another word in there. Yeah. There's more to that than that. I thought it was something classic. I don't know. Oh yeah. There was something classic. Yeah. You're right. (laughs) Yeah. Never mind Uh, what I said. If this show is not about the football, it's definitely not about the cheerleading. So, (laughs) so anyway, we're at the cheerleading thing. The cheerleading classic thing. Smash has another nosebleed. Coach Taylor sees yeah, it. Coach sees it, yeah. Yep. Are nosebleeds a uh, side effect of steroid use? I've never really heard of this. Not one that I'm familiar with, but let's uh, let's look it up. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to call somebody for that. Oh, no. <laughs> hey, I know you've used steroids. I got a steroid guy. <laughs> All right. Carpal tunnel syndrome, increased insulin resistance. Hold on. Really? Type 2 diabetes, swelling in arms and legs, joint and muscle pain for men, enlargement of breast tissue, increased risk of certain cancers. <laughs> okay. I just searched nosebleed symptom of steroid abuse okay. or steroid use. And of the 97 men interviewed in this study, I'm looking at 22% got nosebleeds. Okay. So I'd say that's a pretty statistically significant number of people. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, a quarter almost. So apparently that's a thing. But Coach sees it this time. Lila shows up kind of last minute to cheer. And 
Can we talk about, I don't know if you made a note of this. So there's like the guy that's giving them all the rules for the cheerleading competition. This is before Lila, Lila, mm-hmm. Lila yeah. arrives. It's like, he's giving them this all is, the we're rules. doing these rules, which means no jewelry. No. Yeah. He's really specific on this. Uh, and then, so Lila comes and she like checks in with this guy and she says her name, Lila Garrity. And the guy like gives, gives like this knowing like, oh, and she's like, yeah, the whore with the website. Like this guy oh, had what, a, yeah, the whore with the website. Yeah. This guy had apparently, apparently knew who she was yeah. and that, yeah, she was uh, being, being pegged as a, a, a whore with the website. Yeah. So that was weird because this was like a 40 year old man <laughs> with a clipboard <laughs> that knew about the high school girl. So anyway, he creepily acknowledges that he knows who she is, which is weird. And basically she goes out there and competes like a boss, like really just nails it. Jason's there in the crowd and it, it's nice. Cause Lila finally gets a W. I feel yeah. like Lila L is for Long Lila. But uh, <laughs> but she finally gets a dub. So yeah. And in fact, the the episodes end episode ends on like a slow motion shot of her smiling, yeah. which was m- maybe a little much. Uh, Peter Berg or whoever directed this, yeah. but but that was the end. The one deleted scene I thought was worth mentioning was a little bit of Landry, which is Lance. always good. I feel like I feel like Lance shows up in the deleted scenes a lot, which is a bummer. <laughs> There was a scene of Landry advising Matt uh, that he just needs to get a new girlfriend that isn't the coach's daughter, uh, that that would just make life a lot easier. And he is trying to convince him not to go talk to coach and kind of make that stand that Saracen does. So that was the one, yeah, the one deleted scene that I thought was worth talking about Landry. Uh, (laughs) Once again, given Matt basically unsolicited, (laughs) uninformed relationship advice, yeah. All right, we are back. We're going to talk about some of the characters in this episode. Um, we took a little break there. I just want to point out that in high school, when I initially wore this plat Black Panthers football jersey, I was about 165, I would say. And now I am dang near 80, 90 pounds heavier <laughs> <laughs> than that and this has turned into a, a belly shirt <laughs> can't really see it but like if i sit up at all <laughs> i got some some midriff yeah, showing so um, uh man yeah just like uh 2006 when this aired was a long time ago it's been a long time since i've uh, put on the old maroon and white yeah uh and it shows <laughs> <laughs> for sure so we're gonna talk about some characters here we're gonna we're gonna get into uh, a little bit more in depth on some of the main characters of this particular episode. And I would say this episode really uh, kind of r- mostly revolves lo- around Lila. Would you, would you say the same thing? I would agree 100%. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Lila, Lila takes it pretty hard here. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you feel like we, we learn about Lila? What do we, what do we feel about Lila even at this point? Yeah. So while we've kind of seen, Lila as the, you know, naive, typical high school girl, I guess, in the last nine episodes, we really start to see 
things really fall apart for her and due to the decisions that she's made um, and because of how children uh, act. (laughs) Um, So we, yeah, we, like I, like I said earlier in the episode, you know, I started to feel really, really bad for Lila, who is a character that I hadn't had much sympathy for prior to this in the show. Yeah. So, but if I remember correctly, you were pretty, pro Lila coming into this rewatch, right? Like you remembered feeling very correct fondly. But uh, it may also just be because I think that she's extremely attractive. I think that I may have, <laughs> you, yeah. Uh, I may have put aside everything else that happens with Lila because she's extremely attractive. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> For sure. But yeah, we're, we're starting to feel pretty, I, yeah, both of us starting to feel pretty sympathetic towards, Towards Lila. Yeah. And I feel like even in the, what, 14 years since this has come around, I feel like there's even been kind of a shift in the overall viewpoint to issues like this, right? Absolutely. 100%. Um, So I feel like I'm watching this differently in 2020 than I would have in 2007 or 2008 or whenever I actually watched this. For sure. And yeah, for the better, definitely. Like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just like the episode says, uh, it's different for girls. Like, I think (laughs) we've all kind of realized that like, oh, dang, Uh, (laughs) we have not been uh, completely fair in how we handle these situations in men versus women and stuff like that. So, yeah. Hey, here's the progress, I guess, on the, uh, the social side of things here. It appears still at this point that things are pretty closed off between Lila and Street. Yeah. And and you can't really blame Street for that either. So we we also no. definitely see his side of the of that particular situation. Yeah, I think for a relationship like that that we assume has been many many years long or you know, as far as high school relationships go, I don't know, right. you know, <laughs> 9 months is an eternity in a high school relationship, <laughs> but They've definitely, like, it's implied they've been together for a while. Yes. Um, And planned on getting married. Uh, You know, those things, even in the midst of infidelity, as it were, those things don't just go away. Um, Yeah. So, I guess it's understandable that Lila is, like, creepily hanging outside of Street's house on multiple occasions. (laughs) Uh, Like, that's understandable. And it's also understandable that Street is just... Extremely hurt and not, not ready to deal with any of this. Not having it, yeah. I mean, he's paralyzed, but <laughs> <laughs> so that has, probably has a lot to do with it too. There's a lot more going on. So, Lyle and Street still at a pretty complicated point for sure. Our new character, Waverly. You do not have much of a recollection of Waverly. I, like I said, outside of one line regarding her father that said by Smash, <laughs> right? I. I remember her existing. Like I remember this is kind of a spoiler, but smash has a girlfriend being a plot point of season one. Yeah. But I, I don't remember much of what happens with her storyline. So okay. I guess it'll all come back to me as it, um, as we watch <laughs> it again, but all right, well, I, I won't spoil it for you then. Um, and <laughs> I feel bad. Because, okay, so I'm looking at Waverly. I literally, okay, so my daughter, my four-year-old and I, you know, we watch SmackDown. We yes. watch wrestling together. And we have, we always like thumbs up or thumbs thumbs down whoever's coming on screen, you know, to mm-hmm. like indicate 
oh, we like Otis or mm-hmm. boo King Corbin, you know, like, so she's always doing that. Both good choices, by the way. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Correct opinions by my four year old on professional wrestlers. Uh, but when Waverly came on screen, I literally thumbs down booed her. Boo. <laughs> Okay, but I feel bad because when I initially watched this, uh, I did not realize that I would struggle with many of the same issues that Waverly struggles with in the coming episodes, which hmm. is one of the reasons why I did not like her. So <laughs> I, have, I maybe need to check myself on my Waverly right. hate uh, <laughs> because maybe I have more in common with Waverly than I thought I would in 2007. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm excited yeah, to dig more tuned. into that as the <laughs> yeah as this goes on. Yeah. Stay tuned for that. Uh, a a window yes. into the mind. Of, of <laughs> uh, I don't completely understand why Smash is so smitten with Waverly. Like it's just instant. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. But I mean, I think it started there's, off there's as. I think it started off as hot new girl, <laughs> which <laughs> yeah. I mean, Smash. Yeah, that's you know, smash. That's yeah, kind of part of who he is, um, and I think you know it's a something about oh yeah, we have a history like oh this girl from when I was young like yeah. I, I still you know I think he looks at his is kind of a conquest uh, yeah. sorts as well. So I think that's I think that's a big part of it. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. We'll get lots more smash and Waverly in the coming episodes. Matt and Julie, they are taking off. I, yes. Do we call them a relationship yet? I don't know. I think they're close. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely both over. interested as as uh, Matt tells Coach <laughs> forcefully <laughs> as possible as Matt as forcibly as Matt Saracen can <laughs> articulate. They have mutual interest. Yes, they're both interested in each other, and that's not going to change. So, <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're 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 seeing this take off. We do get the 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 little kiss from Julie. That's how I felt about it, mm-hmm. which I think is a positive sign. So living under kind of the uh, the eye of Coach, <laughs> yes, uh, yeah, with the with the complicated situation of Matt being a quarterback for his girlfriend's father's football team. <laughs> Yeah, any other characters you want to touch on or should we move on to our words? That, I think, yeah, covers all the the important characters for the episode. Yep. All right, we'll be right back with our awards for episode 10. All right, we are going to get into our awards for this week for episode 10. Let's start out with, with Coach. How are we feeling about Coach this episode? Yeah, I don't see a lot of inspiration coming from him. We don't really see a game. We don't really spend a lot of time in practice. No. Um, we see him mostly just angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give him a low number, maybe like a, a two or a three. Yeah, I I had him at just a neutral zero. Like that's there wasn't much good. happening here. We just mostly saw him as a dad, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can appreciate what he did as a father, even if it wasn't the best move, uh, even if it wasn't <laughs> completely right. justified. Uh, so I, I'm willing to to bump up to a little bit of a positive number and yeah, just give him say, one. Even though he wasn't inspiring as a coach, 
you love to see somebody stand up for their child in the yep. way that he does, which is slightly inspiring. I'm not a father and God forbid, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe someday, but uh, God forbid I become I a father. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So should we just go with a one there? Yeah. I'm slightly I'm positive, more, yeah. slightly more positive than negative. So we'll give him a one. Julie, the the Julie Taylor hatometer. I'm very interested to see what you have to say about this. Yeah, I mean, we got to go in the negatives again here. I imagine I like Julie a lot in this first season, which we've talked a, a, a number of times about how this first season isn't indicative of how awful she truly becomes. And no. and first time viewers of the show may be confused about the hatometer. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, let's go, you know, like a, a negative three, negative four. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I hear where you're coming from. I I did go positive on the hatometer this week. Okay. Um, simply because she repeatedly informs her parents of what's going to happen. Like, I am dating Matt Saracen. We are going to the movies. Like, that's kind of Julie's move. Mm-hmm. And having once been a 15-year-old, like, I understand. However, not super likable. So, I went with a three on the hater okay. meter. So, I don't know if we balance each other out there and we just stick I'm, the or what do we What do we land on? I'm honestly cool with whatever if you... I, I'm okay with going into the positives, Um because I understand where you're coming from. Um, on on one on the other hand, I I've only ever been on the 15 year old right. side of that thing, and not on the father side of that. Uh, yes, yes. Argument. So once again, I can't really relate to that. But uh, I think if we maybe meet in the middle at like a zero or even, I'll I'll even give you a point and go in positive one. Okay, let's. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go one. Uh, simply because we've been really nice to Julie so far. That's true. <laughs> So we're at a, we're we're gonna go with a one for both coaches inspiring and Julie's hateometer. Tim Riggins is really making the big rig beer tally boring these weeks. It'll make a triumphant return of that. Yes. I'm a hundred percent sure. But yeah, we're yep. still we're sitting at zero for this particular episode. Yep, and yeah, that's fine. Good for Tim. Do you have? I mentioned a music cue of mine, but do you have a music cue of the week? I have got two that I wrote down. Okay. Um, the first being Rewind by Stereophonics. Ooh. Um, Stereophonics is a band that I'm only familiar with. Uh, they had a song called Maybe Tomorrow on the soundtrack of Crash. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, which is a song that I had on my iPod for a number of years. Yeah, that was right about this time, too, yep. when this show came out. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that's one that I had. And then I also had Storm by Jose Gonzalez, uh, which closes out the episode. Um, where it's in that final scene. Uh, Jose Gonzalez, who is probably most well-known for his cover of uh, a song by The Knife and the song itself, Heartbeats by The Knife. Um, and <laughs> okay. his, one of those, one of the few covers that I like better than the original. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I already mentioned mine, but I <laughs> this was also very coincidental that uh, just this morning, friend of the show, Sarah Wines, on her Instagram account was asking for pet band songs she wanted to make a pet band playlist and so i submitted a bunch of them to her 
that we played in the Plat Black Panther pep band, but I forgot about rock and roll part two. So when that came on during the pep rally, I was like, oh, dang, I should have let Sarah Wines know rock and roll part two. Hopefully she got that on her own, but that was my notable music cue. I don't really think we have a winner for this car- for this category. I am going to go ahead and in the same way that you vetoed Stranglehold by Ted Nugent, I'm going to veto oh. rock and roll part two by Gary Glitter because... <laughs> As much as I am not a fan of Ted Nugent as a human being and as a musician, uh, and he is not a friend of the show, Gary Glitter yeah. is like a criminal. <laughs> For real? <laughs> yeah. Wor- worse than Ted Nugent? Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so. I will strike that from the record. It will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That didn't exist. <laughs> uh, Buddy Garrity. Uh, he's on a he's on a good streak here. Yeah, he did not have a whole lot to do in this episode at all. No, just just being a really good car salesman. I guess yeah. we can kind of that's, infer that's that he's ripping his, people off. His moment of being like, "Don't talk to me too long. I'll have you driving out of here without a yeah. or with a new <laughs> truck." Yeah. So not yeah, not too not too bad for Buddy this week. Uh, good on him for that. Uh, our quotes of the week. I have a couple submissions. We've already talked about several of them. My choice, honestly, the only one I really have written down is the exchange between uh, Coach and Tammy. (laughs) They had a blanket. You're an idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And I, yeah. And likewise, I had the, uh, what do you suppose they're doing in there? Probably having sex. exchange between them. The other one that I said I was saving was um, when they're in the the locker room kind of starting to razz smash for uh, going after the preacher's daughter, Matt Saracen says, isn't her dad a preacher? And smash says, what'd you know about it? Last time you went south of the border was the day you were born with your mama on your very first birthday. And then Matt's reply was my mama lives in Oklahoma (laughs) and then everybody starts laughing at him he's like what she does (laughs) also doubles as the goofus malufus exactly uh yes so I had so we're we're possibly instituting a new award here yeah Uh, we're thinking about it we're we're thinking about including the Matt Saracen goofus malufus moment of the week (laughs) Uh, and that was one of my nominations for that. So that doubles. Uh, I also have Matt apologizing for kissing Julie after the game. So, yeah. uh, quote of the, quote of the episode. Um, do we go with, uh, they had a blanket pure and simple. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think so. And that was literally the only one previous to my submissions on IMDB that they had listed on the quote section. Uh, that has changed now, now that I'm a contributor. <laughs> And the Goofus Malufus moment, we go with, what do you think on that? I think the apology for trying to kiss yeah. her. Yeah. It's, yeah. It was or too for perfect. not trying for, for kissing her. Yeah. That was a very Goofus, Goofusy Malufusy. I also, I didn't think about it for this episode, but I also want to try out another new award. I think we should have the MVP of the week or MVP of the episode. Okay. So like who do we who do we like most? Who do we think had the best episode? Who yeah. So I'm springing this on you. Yeah. And I didn't I I only thought about it for the next episode, but I, I yeah. What do we think? I mean, Lila's the focal point of the episode, but she's definitely not the MVP. No. No. Um it does not go well for her for the most part. I don't know. Cause yeah, maybe I don't know. 
It's not Jason either. No. Like, I'm tempted to say maybe Smash, just because he gets some good, like, chuckles in. He gets some good chuckles. He is making some progress with Waverly. It seems, you know, he gets the date and whatnot. I mean, Tammy has two of the best lines. Yeah, I was thinking, if, if not Smash, then Tammy for sure. I, I overall feel better about giving it to Tammy than Smash. I feel like it's an overall strong... Mm, mm, no, I don't know. We just gotta... Let's... We're gonna. I'm okay we're gonna, with either of them. We're gonna go the plat mayoral race route, and for the first <laughs> ever MVP of the episode, we're gonna flip, <laughs> flip for it. All right, I've got a Mississippi quarter. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, head smash tails Tammy. All right, sounds good. For the first ever MVP of the episode, tails Tammy tails. Taylor. Tammy Taylor, congratulations! You are episodes episode tens. MVP of the episode. Uh, episode 10 and also the inaugural. <laughs> the inaugural MVP. Yeah. Uh, you know, I honestly, I feel good about that. I'm happy that it, that it, that it came up to me on that. Me too. Yep. You know what they say? If, uh, if you, you flip a coin and you hope for one outcome, do you really need to flip the coin? <laughs> yep. Did we need uh, to flip the coin? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> and that just leaves us with our, our episode rating. I felt very positively about this episode. Like like I mentioned at the top, I had a good time. And I went with a with an eight on this. Just a just a middle of the road eight. Not I was gonna of, go with yeah. uh just a slightly lower seven. Yep. So maybe we meet in the middle of a seven and a half. Uh let's go seven. Uh because I gotta tell you, spoiler alert, I really enjoyed the next episode. I did too. Even more than this episode. Same. So I'm fine if this is a seven. So same, same. All right, so I think that's our episode for this week. Episode 10, it's different for girls. Um, had a good time watching this, really reminding me of why I love the show. Yes, agreed. So, yeah, if you're not doing so already, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook. Uh, we got a YouTube page. We got, you know, look at us on Spotify, wherever you, you know, all those places, <laughs> wherever you listen to podcasts, check us yes. out. And uh, feel free to, to shoot a line our way if you have any questions, yeah, light, lights related opinions or questions, concerns, questions, yeah, etc. Sounds good. All right. Uh, thanks, Anthony. It was a yes. pleasure, sir. As always. All right. Let's touch God this time, boys. Let's touch God. <laughs>